Hi everyone, this is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show, and this show is for anyone that has a passion for making other people healthier in this world. I'm super excited to have Rita Sharma on the podcast today. Rita is with Salesforce and is the Vice President of Product Management and Healthcare and Life Sciences at Salesforce. Uh, most importantly, she's been involved with a number of healthcare and technology companies for a while. Johnson & Johnson, Gluco, many different digital startups and healthcare startups. Rita, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anthony. Glad to be here. So Rita, um, as you know, the format for the show, you know, the most interesting part always is the origin story. Can you take us back and tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into this area, but just tell us about your, your story and your origin story. Sure. Um, so my mother, it starts with my mother. My mother had type 2 diabetes and she was diagnosed in her 30s. Um, and so she would go in for her regular checkups every year and they would tell her and give her some suggestions, um, light suggestions on improving diet and increasing her exercise. But there was pretty limited support in those, in those early years. So 25 years later, um, her disease had progressed pretty um, aggressively and she was manifesting every comorbidity associated with diabetes. So she had she was she went blind and so she couldn't work as a librarian anymore. She also went into renal failure and had dialysis treatments and caused her to deteriorate re really rapidly. And so at the end, what was happening is the insurance company was spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to to. Um, care for her. And as a caregiver, I felt really powerless in the system. And, um, you know, even though there was a lot of help and coverage in terms of the healthcare system, I felt pretty powerless. And I know she felt pretty powerless. And so I saw at some point decided that I wanted to leverage technology to make patients and their caregivers lives better by designing systems that put them in the center of everything. Uh, rather than the other things that are typically in the center, which is the transaction or the diagnosis or whatever, but it's a, if you put the human in the center and the human being human beings in the center, what would the world look like? And so that journey took me from you know J and J Johnson Johnson to CEO of my own startup and in Integrative Health to now at Salesforce. Nice, nice. Well, Rita, um, yeah, sorry to, sorry to hear about the story with with your mother. Um, sounds like it, it it bore with it a, a tremendous opportunity and a guiding light, you know, to where you're at and and where you're at today. And um, speaking of today, maybe you can talk a little bit more about what has you passionate in health today, specifically. Obviously, you know, applying a systems thinking, applying leverageable processes that are that are scalable to this industry. It's a, it's a really exciting time, but. Tell us about what you're passionate about these days. What has you excited in health? Yeah, you know, I'm super excited um, because this ties both to my personal and, and business goals is the, I'm really excited to see us all moving towards this consumer centricity. And so I'm, you know, working with pharma companies that are building really innovative services to help patients onboard and stay on their treatments. I know about health plans that want to ensure that their members know that they're cared for at every touch point um, and providers that are designing like extremely superior patient experiences. Um, and so the goal is to support this transformation with technology. But I think that the thing that's super exciting to me today 
is that I feel like healthcare and life sciences as organizations, they're kind of waking up to the consumer centricity and they are deploying resources and um, business workflows and technology to be able to achieve that in their organizations. And, you know, they have different goals associated with it, certainly. But I think the fact that it's happening means that consumer are, consumers will ultimately have an a extremely positive experience, no matter where they're touching down in the healthcare life sciences system. Interesting. Yeah, no. So, so definitely, uh, you know, the, the customer, you know, at the center, you know, is something that has been needed in this, in this marketplace for a while in healthcare. Can you, can you give a few more, you know, maybe examples and maybe how like the systems element comes into play, right? So, you know, a lot of our listeners um, are familiar with, uh, you know, EHRs and, you know, obviously you're at Salesforce now and the, the CRM concept is very customer centric and a, and a systems thinking approach around the customer. But any specific examples that you can, you can talk about uh, when it comes to, um, you know, this movement to, to customer centricity in healthcare and how systems are coming into play? Um, yeah, let me share a few examples. Um, on the provider side, we, we um, have a customer, Davida, that has created this system where they're working with um, patients with cro- chronic dis- kidney disease, and they have a set of nurses and care managers that are responsible for that population. And so what they've done is actually created these very specific care plans um, integrated with different systems to create one 360-degree view of those patients and created a cadence so that they're regularly checking in with these patients. And so it's this very proactive care of patients that's done in a way that's uh, personalized to those patients. But that's the core of CRM and the core of the health cloud platform is how do you do put the patient in the center and then how do you continue to provide care to them longitudinally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen the same trend with uh, with pharma companies so um, with AbV, which is as you know a large pharma company they're now for their complex therapeutics providing something we call patient services so a patient starts on something and, you know and therapeutics are just getting so much more complex now so they insert themselves early in the process so that the patient understands what they need to do um, and they continue to support them for a period of time so that the patient is onboarded and um, supported through that experience um, and has this ally that's uh, uh, their doctor, but also this organization, the pharma organization and the care team there to support them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's super interesting. And um, when it comes to like the, the CRM model versus, and you get this question, probably got it a ton at HIMSS, right? Um, when it comes to the CRM model versus like an EHR traditional model that's been anchored in this industry for a while, like, what are the differences that make a difference? How, you know, is there complementary elements here, or you know, um, how do the two concepts differ, or and or play together? Yeah, it's a great question. So, um, we as an organization 
um, and me as a product leader are super thankful for the existence of EHRs, right? Because they have helped to digitize records and created a very powerful system of record. But if we really think of the origins of EHRs, they started as a means to really document transactions within the system and make sure that um, those transactions went through the system and had the right documentation attached to it. Um, the, the approach now, when I talk about this consumer centricity, is those aspects of, you know, there may not be actually a transaction that occurred or a visit or an encounter, but this is where we know that, let's say in the case of population health, we know that the patient has multiple comorbidities and we want to reach out to them and we have a profile for them, we have a care plan for them. Again, proactive care of that patient. The experience I I told you about with patient services, also a proactive care of the patient. And again, I think the thing about CRM that's really important to realize is there's always a journey associated with all the patients that are in in the CRM system. So Mm -hmm. it's not just one and done, but there's a journey attached and then there's a set of plans attached to it. And then the other piece is this whole thing of Um, teams being able to collaborate around any given individual. I think that is very unique to um, healthcare CRM Mm -hmm. um, and a little distinct from the way EHRs typically operate. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I I appreciate that. Yeah, I think that clarifies a lot for our our, our listeners that usually have these, you know, types of questions, you know, when we use use acronyms of like, you know, EHRs versus CRMs. But, um, you know, along those same lines, you know, what are some other, you know, uh, considering, you know, the CRM concepts bringing the the patient journey to the mix, right? Collaboration. um, What are some other types of ecosystems or services that could connect to the CRM in the healthcare space or maybe some types or themes of services that have you excited um, these days about? Um, you know, again, I think kind of where does this patient centricity evolve? And mm-hmm. I think it, it evolves to the next level. It's things like, for instance, home health. Um, I'm very excited about home health so that patients can have care anywhere and mm-hmm. based on what their preferences and conveniences are. Um, And an extension of that is really telehealth. And so again, you know, being able to cater to the patient, provide care to them. um, And we've been talking about telehealth for a long time. I mean, 20 years there have been telehealth solutions. Mm -hmm. But but now there's actually a movement towards that, again, that patient centricity. And Mm -hmm. I think there's also some business models, changes in CMS that are supporting the ability to have patients stay at home, do a telehealth visit, maybe reimburse the providers in certain cases. So I'm starting to see that movement happen too. Mm-hmm. Um, the other area I'm super um, excited about is this whole emphasis on social determinants of health. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of know that 80% of outcomes are impacted by environment and socioeconomic factors. Um, And I'm starting to see organizations using that data um, to create super customized plans that go beyond um, clinical data, right? So not just beyond diagnosis and counter medical history, but saying, okay, does this patient have access to transportation? Do they have access to healthy food? Do they, do they, you know, have mobility issues? So looking at the patient really holistically and then, um, creating a plan so that they will can remove some of those barriers 
um, intervene in the right way and make sure that the patient's going to get the care that they need because we really understand that patient. So when I look mm-hmm. at that, I look at that future state or it's not even deep way into the future. Um, it's, it's closer in than the uh, way into the future. I, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, no, it's, it's super exciting. I, I mean, and I know, you know, social determinants of health, otherwise now known as SDOH, seem like a big core anchored theme at HIMSS this year. Um, you know, home health innovations, SDOH. Um, maybe you can dive deeper a little bit on why, why, is so, why are social determinants of health capturing a lot of our, a lot of attention in healthcare today? Why was it, you know, obviously you have such a vast background in from Johnson and Johnson to Gluco and so many different places. And this, the topic was kind of touched upon, but you know, why is it picking up attention and then kind of like, like, what is it? Or maybe some, some example use cases of, of the social factors that make a difference. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's the current trend, if you will. I, I mean, I obviously I think there's certain people or certain aspects of the population that have been talking about SDOH for a while. Um, so mm-hmm. it's not new, but in terms of where it's kind of taking off and, and it's got a wave attached to it. Um, it's, you know, I think it comes down to, we're always trying to figure out why patients aren't doing, um, what they're supposed to do, right? So uh-huh. some level of cynicism in healthcare, we all know it. They're, oh, you know, the patient just doesn't listen. They don't do this or that or this. But I think what everyone's trying to do is unpack that. So, you know, they're trying to, they're looking at things like behavior change. They're mm-hmm. looking at things like what other things are causing my patient to not do the things that they're um, needing to do. And um, let me intervene in a way that I can help them. Let me remove those barriers. Let me get a social worker involved. Um, and then let me move move them past that barrier so that they can engage in whatever it is that they're supposed to do, whether that's a follow-up visit or their self-care. Um, so I think that's why uh, we're seeing the changes now. Organizations are really trying to unpack the how do I help my patients? Again, this goes back mm-hmm. to patient centricity. How do I help my patients be successful with their plan, their plan of care um, beyond just what I tell them to do? Um, I think mm-hmm. that's one key area. And, and I, I think that there's um, some, you know, some interesting areas. So like, for instance, one area that comes up as a barrier is um, transportation. So a patient doesn't have a way to get themselves to an appointment, follow visits, so then they miss the appointment and there's a deterioration somehow in their health. Um, and so we actually have a, a partner that developed this integration with Uber that basically allows you to order an Uber for the patient and then picks them up and, and actually the provider organization is paying for it, pick mm-hmm. up that patient and get them to their visits. And again, this is like, this is healthcare going beyond it's where their bounds were into patient centricity and caring for what that patient needs right in this moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it's, it's super exciting. And a- along those lines of, you know, the, the innovation of the service and the connection there to, to help on the transportation element of, you know, which is a, a key social determinant. Um, you, you alluded to the, uh, the, the, the provider paying for that type of service, um, which, which obviously, you know, you and I know in this space that we're moving towards a value-based model. We're in this like fee for value world. It's coming fast. Maybe sometimes it's not coming fast enough, but how does, uh, from a systems perspective, how, how should, uh, you know, a cloud provider EHR be looking at value-based, like how, uh, how are, how are systems changing and reacting or should react 
to this shift from like a service-based model to a value-based model. And maybe you can elaborate a little bit or, or explain a little bit about what's going on there as, as we shift to a value-based model. Yeah, I, I think what, um, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that we are seeing the shift to value-based, but it's happening pretty slowly. I, 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 it's happening, but it's happening slowly. Right, right. Um, for sure. And so I think that what we're seeing and where we've invested for, um, particularly for our customers is, you know, the aggregation of data. So any given population, you can only afford, any system can only afford to really take care of the sickest 10 to 20% of their population. So one aspect of that is how can we get take information from a variety of sources and actually tell you who the 10 to 20% are that really need need your care mm-hmm. um, and will give you an impact uh, longer term across your population. So I think the analytics piece is uh, one important thing that um, has to be delivered at a system level. But then... It has to go all the way down. If I was to follow it, it has to go all the way from the population level down to the patient level. So how do you get the patient engaged? How do you give them an app so that they have a sense of what their care plans are? How do you tell them how to engage with their care team? How do you get their caregivers involved? So that's down at the patient and caregiver level. But I think mm-hmm. the, the, the key is... Um, I think the way we think about it is uh, really how do we build an end-to-end system so that nothing gets lost, right? And and I think um, that is the part of the power of um, cloud-based systems is we, we can do that. So we can connect different aspects of the node. So whether that's the provider and the payer and the patient and the caregiver and, um, you know, the physical therapist, like that, they can all be living on a system and be interacting across one care plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... That is part of the power. I mean, uh, along with all the other benefits of the cloud, I think in healthcare, that ends up being a very powerful equation. Right, right. No, I appreciate that. Thanks for thanks for elaborating uh, on, on that on that point. Um, Rita, when it comes to the future of healthcare, um, what's your vision of the future? What are some things maybe happening today that you're looking forward to see come to fruition in the future? You know, said another way, what's what are some things in health that you believe that other people may feel are crazy or haven't been proven yet? I, I think the area that um, is very early and nascent, but where I think we're going to see a tremendous innovation is in the area of um, art, artificial intelligence. So mm-hmm. I think when we start to apply that, you know, not, I don't, I don't, when I think about AI, I don't think about let's replace doctors. I think about how do we make doctors and healthcare professionals even more powerful in what mm-hmm. they do. So I think of AI as a tool that could be used for, you know, clinical decision support that's going to get the patient the best result because the system has learned the machine has learned what is the best result for a patient based on studying vast amounts of data. So I think clinical decision support driven by AI, I think is going to become a bigger and bigger trend. And then I think there's the other aspect of it, really looking at it from the patient profile perspective. So is there a way to take in uh, using AI data from a variety of different sources, whether where you shop, how you drive, what insurance you have, what's your clinical data? take all the different pieces of information and start to understand some trends around patients and their propensity to do certain things, right? To follow Mm -hmm. their care plan, 
fill their prescription, again, using vast amounts of data to say, based on what we understand about this specific patient and their profile, this is how think, I, we think you're going to be, they're going to behave in the system. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to you about behavior change earlier. How do we help them do the right behavior? Um, again, I think part of this is making the healthcare professionals very powerful in being able to give really personalized recommendations to their patients. So I, I think there's a whole wave of innovation that's coming with AI and um, I am so excited about it. can't wait to see it um, just unfold. And I think it's starting to happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Rita. It's, it's a really interesting and intriguing time and, you know, definitely lots of, lots of different pieces in, in motion, uh, you know, different access to data and uh, convergence of that data that can hopefully give us those insights um, and, and predictions. And yeah, you really, really turn our, our um, you know, provider teams and, and individuals in the space into like super providers kind of. <laughs> but um, but uh, Rita, this has been uh, super great having you on the show. And we'd love to obviously have you back. And, you know, as you work on different projects, you know, throughout the year, more maybe towards the end of the year, come back, share, share what's going on, what's new. Um, but I, I think most importantly for our listeners out there that want to engage with you or connect with you, what's a good way to engage with you? Um, I'll just give give you my email address. I think it's the best way to connect. Um, so I'll, I'll say it. It's Rita.Sharma at Salesforce.com. Super, super. Rita, it was super exciting having you on the show. Really appreciate you sharing your insights, your background and your story with us. And um yeah, to our listeners out there, again, this is the Pop Health Show. The show is for anyone with a passion for making more than one person healthier in this world. Thanks, everyone. And, and thank you, Rita. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Anthony. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>